This is episode 160 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 160 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, I have Matt and Laura Hawkins on the show. They are a husband and wife team who are real estate investors and entrepreneurs. And they've been doing many different things in real estate, starting with student rentals, and then have diversified out their portfolio into multiple geographical locations. Matt and Laura together run a construction company, so they have a lot of technical knowledge as well. As well, they were able to share their entrepreneurial experience and give some of their lessons in this episode too. We really did go off a lot of tangents on this episode, started talking a lot about some of my personal goal setting as well and uh, what I've done and and some of the psychology that goes into high achievement. I really enjoyed the discussion and I hope you do too. Just a reminder that if you're new to real estate investing, I highly encourage you to go right back to episode one of this podcast and work your way all the way through. It really does seem to be one of the most effective ways for new real estate investors to get their footing and to start taking action. Real estate really is a buffet. There's so many different ways you can go about it and all the different guests that have been on this show have a slightly different approach. Some will resonate with different people more than others. So I highly recommend that. And I've heard a lot of great feedback from those who have done that. Uh, It's all still very relevant. Of course, it is a little bit of a task to get through it all, but uh, I highly would recommend that. And before we get into the episode, if you wouldn't mind just taking a moment to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, five stars would be greatly appreciated. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like, subscribe and notification bell and leave us a comment below. Let us know what you think and help the algorithm send this out to more people so that hopefully it can help them too. All right, let's go ahead and jump into episode 160 with Matt and Laura Hawkins. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Laura and Matt Hawkins on the show and uh, you guys are going to have to tell me what we're going to talk about today. But first off, thanks for for doing this. Yeah, our pleasure. We're so happy to be here. We've been big fans of the podcast for a while. We're looking forward to uh, to talking with you. Yeah, I've seen your name float around about a bunch. Um, I think it's just on Instagram that we've kind of messaged and and uh, and such. But why don't you just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, You know what you're into in real estate and how you got there? Sure. Let's start. Yep. Uh, Laura and I live in Stouffville, which is about 45 minutes northeast of Toronto. And um, uh, we grew up uh, around here, just a little bit south of here. Um, Shortly after finishing high school, uh, I got into real estate investing. Um, This is kind of my parents that pushed me into it a little bit. Uh, My parents had quite a few uh, real estate properties as I was growing up, not really rental properties, but more like, uh, buy a house, fix it up a little bit, uh, sell it, move on to the next house or same with cottages. Um, they had a property for their construction business that, uh, they owned for quite a while and did well on just always instilled, um, kind of real estate as a good way of, of growing wealth. So, um, didn't pay too much attention to them as a kid, but, uh, when I graduated high school, I was a apprentice mechanic for a while after I finished high school and making decent money for an 18 year old, spending money on stupid stuff. And my parents said to me, uh, if you don't start spending your money on wise financial things, then they're going to make me start paying rent. So ended up um, not wanting to pay rent. So I found a cottage on Stony Lake in the Quarthas, convinced my parents to go 50 50 on it with me rented it out as a short-term rental 
did that for a few years. It was kind of a pain. Uh, like we'd be at my parents' cottage. We'd get calls from the tenants that there was bats in the cottage or the septic system was backed up or stuff like that. And, and it kind of ruined the cottage experience a little bit. Didn't make much cash flow. Made good money in the summer. Lousy or made no money in the winter. It was a three season cottage. And so I wanted to transition out of that. Um, I sold the cot, my half of the cottage to my parents because they didn't want to sell. After about three years of, of owning it, I sold my half to them. And one of my friends was doing student rentals in Waterloo. So uh, that seemed like a good gig. So uh, bought a student rental in Guelph. I was in college by then, but had enough money from selling my half of the cottage. And, um, since then we just have bought, uh, um, student rentals in Guelph and, uh, up until a few years ago where we've kind of transitioned away from that. Yeah. So we have, uh, uh student rentals in Guelph still, we've kept on that uh, we've held on to, and they've been great. And then we've uh, moved to the multifamily game. So we've obviously had a busy life. We have three young kids and, uh, both growing our careers and, uh, construction business and everything else. Um, so we've kept those properties, but we recently transitioned to some multifamilies. We just finished a duplex conversion in Lindsay that has an option for a third accessory unit as well. And then a triplex in Peterborough. So you still have the student now. rentals or no? We do. Yeah. Yeah. We've kept um, them all. Um, they've been great to us. We love them, but it was just time to move on to a different, different asset class, different market. Uh, the Guelph numbers just didn't really make sense for us anymore. We wanted to get away from student right. rentals a little bit. So yeah, so, uh, we're in the Corthas yeah. kind of area now and it's, uh, so far so good. So is it mostly vacation focused where you are now, or are you, are you just full-time like regular, uh, yearly rentals? Yeah, just yearly rentals. So we have, um, two, there's the duplex in Lindsay. We have, um, I guess a young couple and then a mother daughter living there right now. And that's been great. Mm-hmm. That project just finished in October, November. And then the triplex we're renovating. It's an old century home in, um, Peterborough. That's an existing triplex, okay. but just needs a whole whack load of work. So we're doing that right now. Uh, and it'll just be a single family. We're possibly toying with the idea of doing some Airbnb there as well, or some mid, uh, midterm executive rentals. Uh, we're still kind of in the research process of that, but I feel like that's like, that's the new solution to cash flow, Like Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> I was just talking yeah. about this on my last interview. I just, yeah, I just hear so it's, many amazing stories, like life-changing stories. Like one unit is enough for like somebody to like retire on if, uh, if, if it's in the right spot, right? Like, you know, maybe Collingwood or something like that. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. So we're looking at that for sure. We're not sure where we'll land on that. Um, but it's the numbers worked for a triplex, but they kind of look even better if we can do an Airbnb. So we might, we might look at that. We're not sure. Very cool. And give me some like time frames. Like you said, you started when you were 18 there, Matt, like what, what year are we talking? And I don't mean to date you, but I'm just trying to get a context <laughs> yeah. for, for how long you've been in this game. I'm 37 now. Uh, I think when I bought the cottage it was 2003 and then when i bought the first student rental it was 2006 and then i was a college student not making any money so i had to take kind of a hiatus uh, laura and i bought our our own principal residence in 2010 got married in 2010 and then um laura actually found the second rental property she was in guelph uh meeting some students and the property across the street came for, came up for sale. So, uh, it was for sale by owner and negotiated with them and, and bought that one. And, uh, 
we've kind of been like every two years since then, I think more or less. We took some time off when uh, we had three kids in three and a half years. So things were a little wild. Uh, so we took a few years off, but uh, but we've been pretty consistently buying every like two to three years, just using uh, refi money from this previous property. And then a little mm. bit of our savings as well, just to kind of keep us going. Three kids in three and a half years. Yeah, don't really that recommend math is it. mind yeah. mind boggling. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, as you're going into having your first. Yeah, I was. Uh, it was kind of crazy. I don't really remember a lot of it. They're really close together, but uh, they're a little bit older now. They're three, five, and six, so it's a, a little bit easier. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, did what did you go to school for, Matt? I went to school for business things. management. Or first, I went to school to be a mechanic, and then didn't like that. Uh, then I went to school for business management and then for civil engineering, both at Seneca College. Okay. And Laura? Yeah. My career has been in human resources. So I went to York and did my undergrad and that's been my whole career. It's right now I work in the construction company. Uh, Matt and I, we work somewhat together in it, uh, but I also do consulting on the side for, uh, for HR. This is your construction company? Yeah. Okay. And what are you, what are you constructing? Like, tell me the story behind that. Um, I started it with my parents 11 years ago and, um, we do civil and landscape construction. So like excavators, bulldozers, dump trucks, stuff like that. We work mostly for municipalities, build parks, playgrounds, sports fields, trails, retaining walls. And then we also build transformer stations, like the whole civil component, uh, of transformer stations, which is kind of a, a weird division of our company, but uh, decent, decent size of our uh, revenues. Interesting. So you got a whole bunch of heavy equipment then? Yep. Okay. And do you do uh, servicing work like road paving curbs and all that stuff too? Not really. No, like we do servicing, uh, like we'll do site servicing, sewers, water main, stuff like that. But only if it's associated with the kind of overall bigger yeah. scope of work like uh, servicing for a park or servicing for a transformer station or servicing for a, a splash pad but uh we don't just take like subdivision servicing contracts right and where'd you two both meet high school <laughs> we've been together forever yeah yeah i've been dating yeah. since i was like 16 so uh, yeah forever <laughs> oh wow yeah that's impressive <laughs> yeah yeah we still like each other it's good <laughs> yeah pick the right ones. Yeah. Um, okay. That's awesome. So, so you're both full-time in this business then, and then also doing your real estate as, you know, kind of a parallel activity. Yeah. I, I work part-time in our construction company and then, um, I'm at home with our youngest daughter's not in school yet. So I'm with her part-time and then I have just a very small, uh, HR consulting company as well on the side. So, and then real estate. So we, we both keep really busy, but, uh, that's kind of how we like it. It's been good so far. Yeah. Just doing a few things. Yeah. Just a yeah. couple. Yeah. <laughs> so a uh, higher level, look at the portfolio. What do you got and where you mentioned you got the Guelph stuff. You got rid of the one cottage in Quartha Lakes. Um, yeah. and then yeah. you got Peterborough, you said. Yeah. So we have, do you want to... we have five rental properties, like five student rentals in Guelph. Mm-hmm. And they're all five bedroom, except one, there's one four bedroom. And, um, we had one, uh, duplex in Thorold that we bought with, uh, with a friend and held it for about three years and then sold it last year. Uh, we were, we were looking for a more cost-effective cash flowing market because stuff in, in Guelph just, uh, appreciated like crazy, which was good for us, but 
buying more didn't really make much sense. Uh, like everything that we looked at was yeah. cash flow negative. Um, similar to London, how, how yeah, I felt yeah. about that. Right? Just eventually yeah. things, things don't make sense anymore. I got, yeah, I bought a house. I bought a house for two seventy five. and it had, it had some water damage in it, but it just needed a reno. It's like a mm-hmm. bungalow with like a thousand one hundred square feet and two seventy five in 2018. And that same wow. now would be like 600, like just as oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe, crazy. maybe not it's that crazy. high, but it's yeah. like, it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. It just didn't seem to make sense. Like when we started to look again mm-hmm. in like 2020, I guess, once we were kind of um, out of the, the baby stage, it was, uh, we wanted to continue to grow, but like, well, it just didn't make sense to us anymore. So we looked elsewhere. So we went to Lindsay. So we have the duplex conversion there. And in Lindsay, you can actually put three units on a single property if it's designated as a residential. Um, so that's pretty cool. So we're looking at adding a third possibly in the future. Um, and then we have the triplex in Peterborough that we're renovating. And uh, we're, we're looking for our next deal right now. We're trying to find something that'll be a kind of larger for us multifamily. Um, uh, it's kind of probably our next our next move is what we're looking at. But yeah, seven, eight, ten units, something like that, ideally. Mm-hmm. And when you go into this type of thing, are you still looking for that perfect burr? Are you looking to be able to pull the money out, or or the pace you're moving, it's okay if there's a little left in, and then you you'll refinance it out in a year or two. Yeah, I, I think we're fine. I think everyone wants that perfect burr. It sounds amazing, but it's it's hard to find. But also, we're we're okay with leaving some money in if we need to. Um, I think that, uh, we've been able, we've just had kind of slow, sustainable growth and with our careers and jobs and lives, it's just kind of worked well for us. So I think of course, everyone wants the perfect burr. That would be nice, but we're just trying to find something mm-hmm. like cash flows that makes sense on paper, um, that we're going to see some upside to, and just kind of continuing along with, with that. Right. Yeah. We, uh, it's hard for us to grow super fast because, uh, we're so busy with kids and construction. And I think, uh, my construction knowledge, knowledge is kind of a blessing and a curse for me that, uh, I have a hard time being hands off and, uh, like typically end up GCing the projects that we do kind of with a carpenter on site, but, uh, I'll bring in different trades. Uh, Laura will help, uh, get quotes and stuff like that. And, uh, I'm not the best at just delegating away all that responsibility. So if I was better at that, I think that we would be more motivated to try to do perfect burrs and pull all of our money out and buy 10 properties a year. But uh, like this year we've bought two properties Uh, next year. I think uh, the goal is to buy another two and that's kind of more than enough to keep us busy and keep any dividends from our construction company flowing into something that we can have good returns on. I feel like to fire yourself, which I struggle with as well. I have, <laughs> you yeah. pretty much need to force your own hand. <laughs> like, yeah. Just like logically, this is what I should be doing. Feels totally uncomfortable, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, that's what with the, the, the trailer park for me, I think that that's like hugely forcing my hand, like something that's just really uncomfortable, but it's too far away. Like, there's just no way I could be that one, you know, the one that's on site. So, yeah, I think we're kind of making that realization when we've been working through the last like eight months of just like insanity, crazy with the renos and our, and our business and the kids at home with COVID, et cetera, et cetera. It's just been kind of a lot to handle. So we've been trying to be more conscious of what we take on and trying to find some ways to outsource and, and just work more effectively and efficiently. It's, it does, like you said, it kind of has forced our hand a little bit. So it's good motivation, but we still have some work to do for sure. Well, you're, you're everywhere, right? 
Guelph, yeah. <laughs> uh, Thorold. Well, you're, you're out of there now. And then yeah, out of there now, yeah. Kawartha Lakes. I mean, you're out of distance. So you must have figured out a way to have eyes and ears on the ground, you know, in those, in those places. Is that fair assessment? Yeah. Like we have a handyman in uh, Guelph and we have well, we have some, somebody do all our property management or sorry, property maintenance and then uh, grass cutting and stuff like that. And then we have a handyman who's been amazing doing like little renos for us and someone I can just text quickly and coordinate, yeah. but we have contacts in Guelph that we've um, been able to use, which is great. And then same with Lindsay and Peterborough between mm-hmm. our networks and uh, creating contacts through Instagram mm-hmm. and social media and whatever we've been able to find people. So like, we don't physically go and fix stuff anymore, but we coordinate the process kind of behind the scenes. And then Matt knows all the technical stuff. So I kind of do the coordinating and he provides a direction and it's right. like a good, a good partnership from that perspective. We're decent that could- at delegating, I think with the property management aspect of it, it's the, the construction and um, some of these renovations have just snowballed into a lot bigger renovations than we thought, like our triplex and Peterborough is, uh, it was built in 1891. It's a big old house that was converted into a triplex. We don't know how long ago, like years and years ago. And we thought that we were going to be into mostly a cosmetic reno, but now it's turned into all new electrical, all new plumbing, yeah. all new HVAC. Um, Very much not cosmetic. All new or, <laughs> the whole ceiling between the first and second floor being ripped out to do proper fire and sound barriers. And, um, yeah, I, I always have, uh, ideas of it being fairly easy and I'll, I'll just do this because, uh, I don't want to have to hire somebody else to do it. And, and then it, on the last few renos, it snowballed into bigger jobs, but, uh, so how do you yeah, end up yeah. figuring that out? Like, was it, so you say you, you expect cosmetics, so you're not getting a building permit because you're just expecting, you know, finishes to replace. And then you figure out you need to do electrical. You just discovered some knob and tube along the way. We knew there was some knob and tube and we bought it. The owner told us that there was 40 more devices to upgrade and that she had done the rest of them. And so that was fine. But then we, um, uh, we've got a designer that we've used on a few projects before. He has a kitchen company, semi-retired, and he is just a kind of a spatial genius with figuring out floor plans that work. So mm-hmm. we've hired him just to do designs for us on some previous jobs. And for this triplex, we hired him. He came and looked at it. He came up with a design for the top floor was a five bedroom apartment that we're converting to a three bedroom apartment because there was no family room. There was one bathroom before. So it's like a right. rooming house. Before. It was like a rooming house. So we're converting okay. it to a pretty nice, like 1500 square foot, three bedroom apartment, but we had to take a wall out to do it. And then the wall ended up being load bearing and being on the second floor, yeah. we had to take the point loads all the way down to the basement. And so once that wall had to come down, it was fairly obvious that, we had to apply for permits. And then when you're doing uh, any sort of um, uh, disturbance to the existing ceiling between the first floor and the top floor, which is uh, supposed to be the fire uh, separation, like the fire separation was grandfathered in. It could have stayed as is if we didn't touch it, but we had to touch it. And then we had to decide, mm-hmm. okay, do we just try to keep it to a minimum and just, patch the areas and bring them up to code that we've disturbed or do we just 
do it properly. And uh, we kind of thought that for peace of mind, for our own liability and so that we can sleep at night, we're better off to have that proper fire separation. And the top floor unit especially is going to be pretty high end. Um, So we thought that having the sound separation between the two units would be good and now is the time to do it because trying to rip down 1500 square feet of lath and plaster later on once the floors are done and everything's painted and the trim's done would yeah. be a disaster so <laughs> we just decided to like double our budget and <laughs> just uh go for it. <laughs> just go for it now and then we needed to add some radiators and then we found out that our boiler system couldn't accept any more radiators so now we're doing now we've split the gas meters to each of the three units and we're doing combi boilers and all three units. So all of the services are going to be separately metered to each unit. So it's interesting. It's, it's going to be great. And uh, we're going to like, we plan on holding it for a long time, but yeah, it's a yeah. lot, it's a big expense and a lot of work in the meantime, but it's not so going to be a perfect burr. No, <laughs> no. So what would you buy that one for? Uh, that one, Eight, I think 840. 840. Okay. And then you put in how much or you're putting in how much? We think a we'll lot. put 200 grand into it. 200. Okay. And what's it worth when it's done? I think it's worth what we've got into it probably, yeah. but no more like it. it uh, um, I think it will be kind of a, like a six cap at, at 1.04 million, something like that, which in Peterborough isn't a bad property to hold. Uh, six caps are great, man. You can, you can yeah. have private financing on your down payment and still cash flow at a six cap. Yeah. Work, so it, these numbers uh, out. It, <laughs> you've done that before. <laughs> yeah. It, it might be worth more if we can get somebody to look at it as a, uh, like kind of based on the cap rate as opposed to just based on comps in the area. Um, yeah. We're hoping it'll be a good possible. long-term, yeah, a yeah. good long-term play. I think like cash flow wise, it's going to be good to us. And I think the numbers are okay. Uh, it's definitely not a home run. We have some other mm-hmm. projects that have been better, but uh, it's just, it's kind of a fun, interesting project. We're trying to keep some of the historical charm while uh, making it more modern as well. And it's, it's a new market for us. So it's kind of interesting opportunity, right. I guess. Yeah. I mean, it sounds, it sounds like a nice one. So hopefully yeah, it's got it, uh, 10 foot, 10 foot ceilings on the first and second floor. So that's kind of cool too. Like old stained glass window and big moldings yeah. and stuff. So it's, it's kind of cool to have. I wish they like still that. made houses like that. Houses were just so much yeah. nicer hundred years ago. Well, they were still crappy houses. Don't get me wrong, but uh, yeah. you know, the, the extravagance that people went to on the nice houses. Yeah. So it's just yeah, really like cool. Baseboards, like, yeah, big like and... 12 inch baseboard that we're trying to, uh, keep as much as possible and rebuild as close to as possible. And in, in the areas that uh, we've got to add new baseboard and all three units are above grade. So there's no basement units. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it should be a nice property when it's done. And I think it's going to bring in some pretty good rents. I mean, if it's nice enough, you keep all that charm, maybe uh, stage it or furnish it and throw it on Airbnb and see what, uh, yeah. what it can do. Yeah, that was one like, of the units we were thinking of. <laughs> I feel like there's such an opportunity there. My wife and I stayed in one last year, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and just like this old home, just like what you're describing, and just a really yes. tall baseboard. It's just so nice. They have so much charm. You know, I, oh, yeah. I think most people would rather that than you know something just newly cookie cutter made. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
we're just trying to keep it low as low maintenance as possible for the management. And um, that's why we're a little bit nervous about Airbnb and we're looking into it now, but uh, up until a few weeks ago, like we had no idea how to try to figure out occupancy for Airbnb. This is we're working through that now. (laughs) This is downtown Peterborough and it's pretty close to some big buildings and hospitals and stuff like that, that people would come to work. So it's not a terrible place, but it wouldn't really be a, a vacation place for people to go. No, but work placements, people, you know, people coming to town for business that need to stay for a while. You could do probably monthlies, weeklies. Um, they have any restrictions on that on, on like daily stays or week nightly stays, that kind of thing. No, not that we've yeah, encountered we're yet. Yeah. We're just at the beginning now, stages, yeah. but yeah, I feel like now. it's coming, it's coming everywhere, but you know, yeah, it seems to be you kind of just take advantage. What do they say while the sun is shining? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, we'll go with it. <laughs> yeah, something along those lines. So, what's the ultimate goal with all this for you? I think, well, I think it's a few things. I think that, um, like, I, when we first started, it was kind of that retirement dream of like, we're both essentially self employed. So, to we didn't have a pension or whatever to, to look forward to. But I think it's quickly changed into more than that. that um, we've kind of realized the power of real estate and been able to do some cool things in our life that we didn't think we'd be able to do. And uh, it's really provided us a lot of opportunity for like fu- current lifestyle and future lifestyle. And uh, I think it's it's a fun business. Like we really both enjoy doing it. And I know mm-hmm. what's what's in it for you. Yeah, I like the stability of having multiple streams of income. Like mm-hmm. uh, our construction company has been, been good for us. We've made money. Most years, we've had a couple of hard years where we don't make all that much money and it's nice having the real estate income. Like we, we don't really use much of our cash flow. Like it just kind of stays in the properties mm-hmm. to buy to buy the next one. Uh, we did put a pool in our backyard this spring with the money that we made from uh, selling our property in Thorold. So that was, that was pretty cool. That was nice. <laughs> that was kind of the first big uh, personal spend from uh from our real estate investments but i just like the stability of knowing that uh um if the construction market dips and it's hard to make money there hopefully the housing market's not dipping at the same time it probably would be but uh um hopefully our cash flow is still strong and uh um in the future if i or when i when i decide to retire and when laura retires we can still just live off of cash flow from the properties well, it sounds like you're you're getting yourself geared up to be in that position, and uh, probably just a few more, and you you probably matched your uh, your income. Actually, I shouldn't say that; I have no idea. But I mean, <laughs> matched what what you would need probably to service. Need, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's just cool to have that choice, right? Like we mm-hmm. both really like our jobs and what we're doing, but if at some point you decide you don't like it anymore, I think it's it's pretty powerful to be able to say, like, yeah. you know what, I don't need to do that, right? You can pick what you want to do, pick what you want to spend your time on, like. I think that's kind of the ultimate freedom. And, and that's something that we've, we've realized recently in real estate is that you can have that uh, before we thought it was just a retirement thing, but uh, it's, it's pretty cool to be able to see that you can just live life the way you want to live. And you're kind of putting the pieces in place to, to be able to do that. So I think that's pretty powerful. Well, if you don't have you know multiple streams, then you have dependency on your job, right? And I think there's yeah, nothing yeah. more risky than that, right? Like people say investing is risky. <laughs> people who don't real estate invest say real estate investing is risky. But I mean, to me, there's nothing yeah. more risky than just having a single source of income from an employer. Exactly. Yeah. If all of your eggs in one basket, it's uh, yeah, it can be scary, right? 
Yeah, exactly. Like look at all the people getting fired across the province right now. It's, it's scary stuff. So, um, yeah. you, you know, you guys are double protected because you're self-employed and you got the real yeah. estate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. That's yeah, in our control. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what kind of projects are exciting you? Like, tell me like kind of what you're, what you're looking at. What's, you know, what, what would be an exciting project for you guys to work on, you know, the next step? We want to go, we want to go bigger, but we're also struggling a little bit with not really wanting to deal with the tenant pool of bigger buildings and that we could afford yeah. <laughs> or at least that we could afford. Yeah. Um, and the cash for keys and, and just stuff like that. Like uh, so far we've liked the duplex and the triplex and we're looking at another property right now that could be converted into a triplex that would have vacant possession. And just the idea of, renovating them, renting them out for market rents, not having to deal with mm-hmm. uh, evictions or cash for keys or just waiting for an extended period of time to get tenants out. That's nice to us. But I think that we're going to end up having to um, get into bigger buildings or else it's just going to be too high maintenance, mm-hmm. having a whole bunch of duplexes or a whole bunch of single family homes. Yeah. And I think part of it too is, is our next step is kind of changing the way we look at things. And really, like we talked about earlier, is just really outsourcing and, and bringing in a team to, to do stuff like that. Like we are too hands-on now, like we have too many yeah. things on the go and uh, we really need to, to shift our perspective and our mindset to just hire all those things out and stop trying to do it ourselves. So um, that's kind of been the stopping block or kind of the roadblock is that we need to get our mindset kind of adjusted yeah. before we can make the leap into the next one. So, but I think that the kind of natural progression is for us to get into a larger multifamily. I think in the future as well, we'd, we'd like to look at doing some smaller development stuff. I think using uh, Matt's background, we can leverage that and um, some of the networking connections and stuff like that. I think that would be probably a natural progression eventually as well. And it seems really interesting. I kind of like all that sort of stuff too. So yeah, the development process. angle seems like it could be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Do you have um, any properties in your portfolio that could be developed? Uh, I think the one in Lindsay really would be the one that we could like, we can add a third unit there. It's like, it's just kind of waiting for us to do it. Mm. We just haven't pulled the trigger on that. Um, that would be like the main one. We don't have a lot of extra land in our properties. We would like to buy something that has that option and has that potential, but nothing in our portfolio right now. They're all mostly just like regular single families, except for the, the Lindsay ones on a huge lot. I think the lot's like 60 70 by 200. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's big. It's got lots of space. So I just had someone on the podcast that they'll air in a, a little while. By the time this is out, it'll have already aired. Uh, yeah. And he found a mixed use fourplex, decent price in St. Catharines with, I think it was like 40 or 50 by one, 250. And uh, oh, wow. it's zoned. Jesus zone for him to be able to put uh 16 stacked units in the in the backyard wow. that's, <laughs> like, that's amazing about... we would love oh man we'd love to get our hands on something like that like that would just be so yeah. cool like what a so, great opportunity something just on the market you know what i mean like yeah. don't even have to rezone it like some of these deals you hear about them and it's like literally you just need to be looking like and so many yeah. people just aren't yes. looking right they're not thinking what could i do i used to spend so much time on the London zoning map, like with a piece of paper and a ruler on my screen, I was like, um, that's about this big. Cause they didn't have the measure tool at that time. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah. I would scale it up. I would figure a scale that they had and print it off and like figure it all out. And just constantly like hypothesizing, what could I do here? And like making calls, like, it's funny, yeah. like the, what you can come up with by doing that, but it is kind of work, right? You got to like dedicate yeah. time yeah. to it. 
but it's fun. Like I, I kind of nerd out on stuff like that when we were getting into this in like 2020, like I didn't, we had never really been on zoning maps before. And I'm like, look at all this information. That's like right there. Like you can find out so much information about the city. Like it, it was just really interesting to both of us to go through it. So we'd like to get involved in that, something like that in the future. It seems really fun and uh, yeah, kind of a cool, cool idea and a cool opportunity. I always say this, but yeah, just buy something with extra land, like yes. get yeah. the yeah. same project that you're already buying, just buy it with an acre attached to it at the back. And you never know, like exactly. maybe, yeah. maybe they yeah, change the rules. To, yeah. We'd love to pick up something like that. <laughs> we didn't really start looking outside of the box until like 2020. Like we bought student rentals in Guelph. Didn't realize that there was like an, uh, REI community didn't listen to any podcasts, didn't know about duplex conversions, didn't know about burrs. Uh, like we were very slowly burring properties just because we would mm-hmm. refinance them in five years, and the mortgage came up and pull all of our money out. But it seemed um, pretty awesome. But <laughs> yeah, that, that seemed <laughs> know pretty awesome that you could uh, do that and invest in another property without having to pay tax on the. Uh, the money that you're pulling out and uh uh but like we didn't really know any of the anything besides student rentals until like i, I guess 2017 we bought the duplex in in thorold but uh mm-hmm. we hadn't listened to a podcast or known um that there's this amazing rei community out there people that yeah want to help you give you all kinds of free information and uh that you don't need to save up for each and every down payment that there's lots of other ways that you can be recycling down payments. Yeah. There's like this spectrum of real estate investing. You're either like zero time in the money or you're all time yeah. and no money. And, or you could be anywhere in between. <laughs> and yes, uh, exactly. like, if you have the time like you can just find great deals and have no money and, and be totally successful, or you can yeah. be on the other end and just have a bunch of money and invest it and find somebody else to do all that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we had no idea that that existed before finding the, REI community. So it's, it's yeah. been pretty cool to connect with other people. Like we were just kind of doing our real estate thing mm-hmm. since I don't know, like Matt was 18 and I was 17, whatever, just kind of along for the ride at that point. But, uh, but like, we didn't, we didn't know, we just didn't know we were just doing our own thing. We weren't talking to anybody about it. Uh, lots of our, our friends didn't even know we had real estate properties and it's just really been in the last mm-hmm. year or two years, I guess, that we started talking about it and talking to other people. And it's like a whole other world has opened up. It's been pretty yeah. incredible. So you didn't know anybody else that was investing. It was just you two. We knew some like old people that uh, had some rental properties, but yeah. uh, like, like one or two friends or and stuff like that. Uh, definitely no one our age. Yeah. Doing it. Yeah. I really just had two contacts for the longest time. And then it wasn't until like kind of similar story to you. Like it really wasn't until I started the podcast that I started. Like I kind of actually, no, I shouldn't say that. In 2013, I I met people like Sean Allen and, um, Mm -hmm. but it it wasn't like tight. I was only going, you know, once, uh, once or twice a year. Um, But it was, it was this network that came from this podcast. That's been really cool. Like just all the connections, so many people, like more people than I could spend the time to talk to enough (laughs) to like really dig into what they're doing and, uh, and learn from them. Now it's almost like too many. I need to like, just focus on a few and say, okay, (laughs) let me get inside your mind. (laughs) Let me, let me get right in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty awesome though, to be able to talk to other people who are doing like, just like-minded people. Like it, it makes 
when we weren't talking to anybody, we thought we were kind of crazy for doing what we were doing. And like, it was super risky and, you know, we're so leveraged and whatever. But then when you talk to other people, you realize that actually we're really not leveraged and we we could do a lot more and there's people doing amazing things and you can just learn from them and talk to each other. Like it's, it's really powerful. It's really amazing that we've found it. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I've had so many like people that have been like that for me. Like I've got one idea in my head and like, I need to expand my thinking. And like my one buddy's like Yoda, <laughs> like I just go yeah. talk to him. I'm like, here's what I'm thinking. He's like, well, why don't you just do this? I'm like, well, that sounds good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sounds great. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> but if you didn't have that conversation, then you never would have got there. Right. So it's, that's, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that whole apple doesn't fall far from the tree thing. I think my parents were like a lot more conservative and I'm way less conservative than they are in terms of like willing to take a little bit of, you know, risk on certain things. But I like to like get the perspective of people who just for one reason or another are just like ready to take aggressive risks. And it just helps me pull, pull me somewhere into the middle where I'm not like being a little too careful. Yeah. Yeah. When you see other people doing successful things that it, it helps you helps mm-hmm. push you along. Right. Yeah. You guys watch uh, Robbie Clark at all. Follow him. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> he blows my mind. That guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's a yeah. machine. That's right. <laughs> no, no perspective really of like risk. What's that? He's like, no, I'm just going to go crush it. <laughs> Have yeah. you got have you got more conservative in the last few years since you sure. yeah for sure kind of had something to protect? Yeah, definitely, which is uh, like not a great thing. I had to like push myself out of that. Um I got comfortable, I would say. The, the comfortable wasn't good and then all this crap happened, you know, with the first lockdown and then, you know, the two weeks that turned into what two years now. Um, yeah. You know, that's that kind of made me realize, and even some of the interviews that I did, like realized that I was a little exposed being just invested in student rentals and um, made me want to make a change. So uh, yeah, certainly conservative, also kind of just like frustrated with the picture because I like cash flow and it's like watching it all disappear. No uh, shame in admitting that I've definitely not done my best lately. And uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's time to step that up. And you know, some of the moves I've made lately are just kind of, like I said earlier, forcing my hand. Like it's time. It's time to be more aggressive and keep her moving. So I think we'll it depends see. on what your goals are too. Like mm-hmm. if, if your goals are to be a billionaire or, or hold mm-hmm. a billion dollars in assets, then you can't afford to be conservative or you can't, uh, you can't afford to slow down. But if yeah. your goals are just to have a good life and have enough money, then once you start getting some assets uh, and some equity, it kind of makes sense to right. protect that. You don't want to have to start all over again. Yeah. Here's the challenge. And this is a good conversation to have. Um, my goal was always to be just able to do whatever I want any, any day of the week. Now, I think my interpretation of that is maybe where my weakness has been because I pretty much can choose what I do any day uh, because I'm self-employed like you both are. And, and then I have my real estate and you know, just I can kind of do whatever. So that's why I was comfortable. It's like, I don't really need to change anything, but mm-hmm there is still vulnerability, right? It's like, sometimes we don't spend the time thinking. I think other people are on the other side where they're like super worried all the time. Like, I'm just like, yeah, I'll figure it out. Um, But that fire that people have, people like Robbie, where they just like go after everything all the time. um, I I sure hope that's contagious because I want more of that. (laughs) So so basically, you know, a big part of why I I do this is like, I want to talk to these people and uh, and just kind of, like I said, get in their mind, absorb what they know and and push. And then the other thing is like partnering with like my buddy who I said is like Yoda, like, okay, let's do a deal together because it'll stretch my thinking and good things come of that. But I would say 
most of my real estate success has come from having fun doing what I'm doing. And, yeah. and then it's just like, well, naturally we're going to do more projects. This is fun. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. and it's profitable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we feel like that way too. Like real estate is, is, it is fun for us. Like we enjoy it. Like when we go out for dinner, we get time away from the kids. If ever we go out for dinner, like we just talk about real estate because we just really like it. <laughs> That's yeah. what we do in our, you know, like we're, we follow lots of different things on Instagram and we're always reading about it. Like we just really like it. So to be able to do mm-hmm. something that you really like and enjoy kind of as a, as a side hustle or whatever is, is pretty fun. And, and it's a good thing for us to do mm-hmm. as a couple. Cause like I said, we, we both really do enjoy it. I mean, kind of bond together over, you know, nerdy things like numbers and analysis yeah. and whatever, but it's mm-hmm. kind of fun. I'd say so. So for me, I like new challenges. So repetition mm-hmm. has never been my friend. I, I, I like critically thinking about things, solving them <laughs> and then moving on to the next, next challenge. So, yeah. uh, figuring out how that works with my real estate endeavors, but, um, it, it makes me want to, you know, I'll fire my manager and create my own systems and create a new solution to a problem. And, and then I'll want to take on a new type of problem and new type of property, mm-hmm. you know? So that's why this trailer park thing's a good, a good opportunity. I think the, the Florida yeah. stuff is, you know, it's, it's different and I'll learn something mm-hmm. new about that. And then it'll, it'll be on to the next thing. So that's why I think for me, it'd be really good to have, you know, and, you know, maybe a picture of a large organization or, you know, strategic JVs, you know, people who, don't mind the repetition and they'll, you know, they'll let mm-hmm. me solve the initial vision and then they'll run with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's kind of a sweet spot for me in that, but yeah, certainly like the new challenges, the next, the next thing, the kind of like Richard Branson effect, you know, he wants to mm-hmm. set it up, but he doesn't want to run it. Yeah. <laughs> Come up with the great ideas, right? Have somebody else execute. Yeah. Sell the vision. I think that that's, yeah. that's a huge part of it for sure. Anyways, is there anything uh, you two would like to cover? Anything you wanted to share that we haven't we haven't touched on yet? I guess you want to go. No pressure. Um, <laughs> yeah, right on the hot seat. <laughs> I guess one thing I think that we found a lot of success in um, has just been the way we structured our because we are both self employed. The way we structured ourselves has been. Um, pretty helpful and something that we've recently just kind of discovered. Um, and lots of people talk about it, like when to start a holding company or whatever. And and just on our experience, we started one in 2016 and didn't really know why we were starting it. So someone kind of told us we should do it. And we're like, sure, we should do that. That sounds good. Um, like one of our accountants did. And uh, And then it wasn't until recently we realized how powerful that can be, that you can actually take um, earnings from your dividends, from your company because we're self-employed and kind of flow that to real estate properties without paying personal income tax. Um, you kind of defer it, like you, you pay it eventually. Um, you defer it. So I think that's been a really cool opportunity for us because we've been able to structure our lives that way because we're self-employed. So that's been a really big benefit. I know lots of people when they're self-employed, it's it's hard because it's hard to get mortgages and whatever. They kind of look at you differently, but it is a, a pretty great benefit that you can have to have things flow through that way and kind of yeah. defer tax. Yeah. This gives you more buying power, right? Your dollar kind of goes further. So yeah, that's I think pretty cool. I agree with you so much that, you know, up to this point, corps have been so useful for me since I first started. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2016 was when I incorporated everything. And mm-hmm. it, just to being able to get consistent, you pay yourself the same amount. Doesn't matter what your corp does, a good year, bad year, just keep paying yourself the same. That satisfies the bank. And then, yep. you know, you have the tax benefits. There's, um, especially with the active income, you know, what I think is it 12%, 12.5%. On the first yeah, five hundred thousand, yeah. I mean that's that's pretty good. So good, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then you don't pay the personal income tax until you take it out. So um, 
yeah, they, obviously anyone listening, talk to your accountant. But uh, I think that sure, yeah. if you have a job, you don't get that option, right? You can't you can't bank money on tax and, and then just put it into a down payment without paying the tax on it. So mm-hmm. yeah, very important point. Um, yeah. As far as banks go. a lot go, of businesses can do that. Like yeah. if you're a real estate agent, can you get paid through a whole or get paid through a corporation and flow money into a hold go? Yeah, that's brand new this year. The, oh, yeah. the prec they call it. Yeah. That's uh, my brother-in-law is a realtor. So I know this from him, but yeah, just finally, finally they can do that. So they went from paying personal income tax, you know, so many of these realtors in the 50%, 55% <laughs> and now down to 12%. Um, then they just oh, take out what they need. Huge. Oh yeah. He, very, very advantageous. Yeah. So yeah, it's weird. Cause Canada's going the other way, you know, just taxing and taxing and taxing more, um, and then of course, giving away money for free to people who don't want to work, but yeah. <laughs> different <laughs> conversation, <a> <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason they did this. So that actually, uh, you know, that's hey, great for realtors. As far as banks concerned, have you guys just been going conventional, like a bank, same relationship with the same company the whole way through? We've, we've been with a lenders the whole way through, but it hasn't been the same bank. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had, yeah, it's been all different banks, honestly, but we've yeah. been able to go straight to the banks. Okay. Started with TD. TD did a lot of uh, deals for us. Um, um, some properties that uh, that some of the other lenders weren't able to to lend on, and, and TD was able to do. Mm-hmm. Then we switched to RBC for a few properties, and what was and the last one we did? BMO was BMO. our last one. Yeah, we had we had one property or one in Lindsay. We only got sixty five percent loan to value, which. It was like a last minute thing we found out and that kind of shocked us. Um, So we're going to try to refi and get it back up to 80%. But uh, right now we're at 65%. Um, But anyways, we've been very lucky. We've pretty much had 80% loan to value throughout the whole time um, through any of our properties and and have been with A lenders. I know eventually that's going to run out every time we do when it's like, maybe we'll get one more. Maybe we'll get one more. Yeah, it's getting harder. You're doing them in the corp now though, right? Yeah, now it's under the corp. So that's made a big difference. Yeah. So the strategic thing is like, I know people not going to name names, new, new corporation per property. <laughs> I have yes. one rental property. <laughs> yeah. Just go to a yeah, different the banks bank. banks really love that. Yeah. 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 We'd rather not do a new port per property, just all those tax returns. Right. Oh no, no. That seems like really silly. I, I think my, my angle would be more like there's one corporation that's, I shouldn't say this on the podcast, but there's one corporation that this bank knows about. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can be a little strategic with how yeah. you position it, right? But yeah, so we, yeah. we've been able to get a lender so far. But like I said, at each property we do, we're like, we're looking at another one now. We're putting an offer this week. It's like, are we going to get a lender? We're not really sure, but mm-hmm. we, we have other options we can look at. But yeah. uh, so far, we've been able to, to stick with that. Yeah, for sure. Talk to your local credit unions. If that's on your list, that's uh, always seems to be opportunity there. I keep hearing, you know, investors saying that's their long-term solution. So um, yeah, we haven't broached that yet, but that's uh, kind of on our, on our radar for sure to look at something cool. like that. We've just been chasing low rates. That's the yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the yeah. reason we've stuck with going straight to the banks and a lenders and eventually cool. we're going to have to get away from that but uh, yeah and then that means you need more cash flow or you need more equity in the deals and yeah that's but i mean with the way things go up with the way rents are going up it's like be patient it'll happen and uh yeah. they, you, you know the certainly the methodology that's gotten to you got you to where you are i, I see no reason why that won't work and, and even faster as property values go up more and more 
Yeah, for sure. And, and the deals that we have, especially the most recent ones, like there's a lot of cash flow in there and our numbers mm-hmm. are pretty solid. So I think like if the interest rates go up or we end up having to, when we refi, we go with a different lender or whatever, and we don't get the same low rates, like we'll mm-hmm. still be good. Um, you awesome. know, we have lots of cushions. So that's always comforting to know too. Very cool. All right. Well, thanks a lot for doing this. If people wanted to reach out to you or follow you, where should we send them? Yeah, mostly uh, Instagram would be best. We're on Instagram under uh, Sydney underscore investments. Uh, that's the name of our account and our whole coast. So that's uh, where people can find us and all of our contact information is there. Okay. Well, thanks a lot for doing this. It was really nice meeting the two of you and uh, yeah, you looking too. forward to staying connected now. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Yeah, thanks so much for your time. It was really fun. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. I'll see you on the next one.